Hey, what's going on? What's going on? We are back with episode two. We are back with episode two. Hey, I just want to take a uh, you know quick moment to you know say thank you for the outpouring of support for uh, this podcast for this endeavor. I got to tell you when you know you make a decision to you know to put yourself out there like that. It, it it's a it's a little bit daunting. Uh, it's a little bit uh, there's a little anxiety that creeps up, but uh, you know it was something that I've always wanted to do, and to be able to get an opportunity to do it. Um, it's it's kind of a kind of a dream here. So uh, we're going into episode two. Um, our sponsor uh, this week, today's sponsor, is the Purple Crown Roll Bag. Now, some of you may not know what the Purple Crown Roll Bag is. Most of you, I think, do. It's not Crown Royal, not the actual drink. That would be nice to have them as a sponsor. But no, 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 just the bag. Just the bag. The Purple Crown Roll Bag is a staple in African-American household growing up that was a storage spot for pretty much everything from loose chains you know to cigarettes or you know even your receipts from Piggly Wiggly nothing nothing is more versatile than the purple crown royal bag all right all right all right so today we're going to be talking about Mr. Aaron Anderson or if you go with uh, the USS Navy's the U.S. Navy's archives, uh, his name in the Medal of Honor citation, his name is actually Aaron Sanderson. I think that was a that was a that was a mistake. His name um, in all the research that I've I've looked up was uh, Aaron Anderson. So we're going to go with Aaron uh, Anderson uh, for today. Uh, Aaron Anderson, we're going to go take it all the way back uh, to the Civil War. Uh, he was a Union sailor, Union Navy sailor doing the uh, American uh, Civil War and a recipient of the America's highest military decoration, the Medal of Honor. Uh, he was born in North Carolina uh, on a farm and uh, then moved to Pennsylvania where he worked as a cook for a short time. And then, which I find one of the most amazing things about this story, is that when he joined the Navy, he was 52 years old. 52 years old. He decided... You know, to join the Navy um, on the Union side. And I'm just thinking about my, my mindset or what my mindset would be as a 52-year-old man. Um, that's, that's nothing but dedication right there. Um, you know, but I think that is absolutely phenomenal. Uh, he joined as a landsman. So a landsman at that time in the United States Navy, obviously we don't have a landsman now, but uh, landsman uh, was the lowest rating in the United States Navy, and it was established in the 19th and 20th centuries. It was given... Uh, to new recruits with little or no experience at sea. Uh, landsmen performed menial, unskilled work aboard the ship. Uh, landsmen who gained three years of experience or re-enlisted could be promoted uh, to the ordinary uh, title of seaman. Now, this rate uh, existed from uh, 1838 to 1921 when it just transitioned uh, to seaman. You know, so going into his story, um, started on March the 17th in 1865. So when he, when he did... When he joined, it was uh, pretty close to the end of the of the Civil War, um, and even his his actions um, were part you know partook about a month before the end of the war. He wanted a mission to um, to attack the Confederate forces in uh, Maddox Creek, a tributary of the Potam- uh, Potomac in Virginia. Now, his actions one of his actions was one of the the catalysts that 
that really you know brought an end uh, to uh, the Civil War. So his actions um, during this time were very pivotal, you know, to ending the war. So um, he was on a boat equipped with a howitzer, and I love that word. I love um, howitzer. I want to try to take every opportunity uh, to say howitzer during uh, this podcast. So I'm I'm probably going to use it in random uh, places, but you know, a howitzer. Uh, was uh, essentially the machine gun of his time in the in the civil uh, civil war. So, um, but it was launched from another ship of the Potomac a flotilla, the USS Don, and a group of seventy men uh, were sent to along the riverbank um, on foot. So they were accompanied by by other soldiers uh, while they when they got launched off. Um, Anderson and a number of other black landsmen worked the oars on the boat. They were they were you know helped to steer the boat, while boatswain mate Patrick Mullen. Um, man, the howitzer and Ensign Summers was the uh, was the commander. Um, so as they're going down the river, um, the foot soldiers made their way up to the creek to the fort, and they came about. They, you know, and, and through this journey, um, they were getting uh, they were getting fired at by snipers, um, but nothing you know nothing that was that stopped there that was able to stop them from going. But they found small, four small boats which had been abandoned by the Confederates, and the soldiers on the riverbank. Um, decided to go and destroy them. But meanwhile, the boat that uh, Anderson and his team were on, they continued to go uh, down the creek, and they went up the left fort. So all their men, all their support that were on shore, essentially went off on another mission while they continued to go uh, down the river. So meanwhile, um, you know, in the boat, while they were going down the creek, um, without, without a supporting land force, you know, the boat began to be uh, vulnerable to attack by Confederate soldiers on the riverbanks. Um, so once they got into deeper waters, the left fork, that meant they were going to encounter larger crafts um, on their own. And so as they're going down the river, they got into deeper waters and they're come, they come around the fork, come around the bend. And they saw three what they thought were abandoned uh, small boats moored on the shore. And Mullen made the decision you know, to begin to fire the howitzer at the three ships. As soon as they began to do that, uh, everybody came out of the woodworks. All the Confederate soldiers become come out of the woodworks to the, you know, to to the numbers of about 400 Confederate soldiers, and they're all on shore, you know, firing, you know, at this small boat. You know, so the howitzer uh, woke up all the soldiers, and uh, Summers ordered, he ordered uh, Anderson and the other oarsmen to war to go right towards uh, the small boats. And when he was close enough, he also ordered uh, Anderson and his men, you know, to put down the oars, to grab an incendiary device or a bomb. In in my eyes, because I'm a huge Game of Thrones fan, um, in my mind's eye, when I see this occurring, I see Mullen giving them the order to grab the wildfire um, and grab the wildfire devices and throw the wildfire devices on on those small schooners, as what they're uh, what they're called, the small boats. Throw the wildfire on the boats, you know, set those jokers on fire and, and get back into the boat and uh, and, and get out of there. Um, so if you're not a fan of Game of Thrones, look up the wildfire episode in season six. Uh, Cersei out of her mind. But anyway, this is a this is a story about uh, Anderson, not about Game of Thrones. Uh, so with the schooners, the small boats and flames. You know, the boat began retreating downstream through heavy fire, you know, from the Confederates. Now we're talking about a tune of about 600, they estimate about 600 soldiers all firing uh, at this boat. So now you're talking about hoping to to stay afloat at this point. Uh, they're getting fired upon. Um, it's a small boat. 
Now, I mean, you're talking about their musket was destroyed by the by the gunfire. Uh, half of the boat's oars were were fired were destroyed by the gunfire. So they're doing the best that they can just you know to continue to survive to to go down the river. Now, um, Anderson did have, and, and there was a few other men that that still had oars um, to continue rowing downstream, but they were they were in bad shape. Um, if, those, if those oars had been destroyed, there would have been, been no way you know for them to to be able to navigate down the river and out of the out of harm's way. Uh, so even in the midst of fire, even in the midst of you know continual shots from hundreds of soldiers, in the midst of danger, to continue to roll, continue to you know take no thought of his own life, um, but really just consider the his his men. Um, he continued to go. And they successfully escaped from the Confederate forces. Um, you know, everybody else, while he's rowing, everybody else is bailing water out of the boat, trying to make sure they stay afloat because it was badly damaged. And uh, even even in the midst of that, the only casualty was only one landsman who was uh, who was slightly wounded. Wounded. You know, you talk about amazing contribution uh, during those times. Um, there is so many stories of the African American um, contribution to the civil war a lot of stories that we are just not privy to things that haven't have not gotten any light and that's one of the main reasons why i wanted to do this podcast because there's so many stories um out there of you know of you know what black superheroes you know have done um that i think light needs to be uh shed upon um because these are true you know black superheroes these are true superheroes um you know with the amount of adversity um, you know that black people had during those times. You know to put themselves to put himself in a in a position so now that he could fight back, that he can contribute. I think is absolutely absolutely phenomenal. The commander Summers uh, was the one that singled out Anderson uh, for for his actions during the skirmish, and uh, they were both awarded the Medal of Honor on June. 22nd 1865 so you didn't have a situation in this case where there was a a long delay of 40 years before uh, he was recognized for for his gallantry for uh, for his amazing actions uh, during the war he was awarded uh, just not even you know not even a year you know after not even six months after um, the amazing uh, actions during this time um, his actions on the uh, William Dank is the name of the boat that they were on and amazingly enough, um, along with uh, Sanderson, uh, I'm sorry, with Anderson, um, Mullen, who was a commander, also was awarded a second Medal of Honor uh, two months later at the Maddox Creek Expedition. So, um, you know, just excellence all along, all, all along that crew of the the weighing deck. Um, his actual citation reads: Served on board the USS Wyandotte Deck during a boat expedition up Maddox Creek, March 17th, uh, 1865, participating with the boat crew. In the clearing of Maddox Creek, Landsman Anderson carried out his duties, duties courageously in the face of a devastating fire which cut away half the oars, pierced the launch in many places, and cut the barrel off a musket being fired at the enemy. An amazing, amazing uh, feat. And we, we will continue to highlight um, the, the, the exploits of other not well-known uh, black superheroes. Uh, we'll be continuing this podcast, not just because it's uh, Black History Month. We're gonna, I'm gonna continue um, until no one um, is interested anymore. Uh, <laughs> but 
Now we're going to continue to bring light to some of the amazing things that um, people of color have done. Um, and at some point we'll, we'll get outside of the military, but you know, the thing that really, really ignited this is when I saw the wall and like I spoke about the last podcast, when I you know went and saw the wall at the African American museum in Washington, DC and saw all of the Medal of honor uh, recipients. And I, you know, those stories I felt hadn't been told. And, you know, I was doing it on a small, smaller scale, you know, letting my daughters know about, you know, the black superheroes that existed um, because I want them to know that their uniqueness, that their individuality and the, the, the thing that sets them apart um, is the thing that makes them a superhero. Um, that same thing that, that people may have called you weird about, the same thing that uh, people may have uh, picked on, the thing that you like that nobody else likes. That's the thing, that individuality, that's the thing that makes you a superhero because nobody on earth can do it the way that you do it. But I'm going to go ahead and sign off uh, episode two, Black Superheroes. Uh, thank you for the outpouring of love, and we're going to keep you going. God bless.